Could Denver Broncos defensive coordinator Vance Joseph emerge as a potential assistant coach of the year? That's one of the many mailbag questions we received for today's brand new installment. Good morning, Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to a freshly brewed installment of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team Every day you get Good Morning Broncos. You also get, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, the Pickaxe and Roll podcast hosted by Ryan Blackburn. Make sure you check that out here as well so you stay up to date with your favorite Colorado sports teams. The Denver Broncos making some noise with obviously winning six of their last seven games. There's a lot of excitement. The Denver Nuggets had a bounce-back win against the Atlanta Hawks. Nikola Jokic having a bounce-back game after having a rough stretch there. Denver lost three straight games before their win, obviously, on Monday here. But aside from all that here, Broncos country, we're going to open things up. Today's episode is a mailbag edition of the show, so let's waste no time. Let's get into the questions here. We had Broncos Country send in their responses. Uh, Monkey, who's an avid listener of the show, she sent it in here. She asked a question. She said, I'm impressed with the turnaround in health for the Broncos. Add to that how fast and hard the defense is playing while remaining healthy. In your opinion, is this something Sean or Vance has done, the training staff, or something else? You know, realistically, Sean Payton, in in particular, one reason why he could be accountable for this is because he brought in Bo Lowry, the, the vice president of player health and performance. Bo has been a great addition. Obviously, he also hired Dan Dalrymple as the team strength and conditioning coach. Conversations I've had with players about injury recovery is, you know, seem to give nothing but rave reviews about Bo Lowry. And obviously, they have a really good strength and conditioning program. This year, what's different than last year is they actually have nutritionists on site at the team facility that give these guys, that give every player an individualized nutrition plan that they can follow that helps with maintenance, helps with muscle recovery, and also being able to hit their weight goals that they have that the coaching staff wants them to play at. Really, it's a combination of everything. And look, the Denver still had some injuries here and there, some of them being freak injuries, but the overall rate of soft tissue injuries that we saw decimate Denver last year not as quite as impactful for a majority of their players. Obviously, there's a couple of guys like Greg Dulcich, but that might be more of an issue with his body in comparison to it being anything elemental around what Denver is doing there. So uh, Sean Payton investing in that. I think the Walton Penner family ownership group, they really they saw concern with the amount of injuries last year, and they, they've obviously made a lot of changes. They've talked to medical experts, and obviously they trust what Bo Lowry is doing, Dan Dalrymple, and obviously uh, Sean Payton, what they have done has been incredible. So I think that's been one thing that we can probably attest to what Sean Payton has done, the Walton Penner family ownership group. I think they deserve a lot of credit for where Denver is at from a health standpoint here. Brian Beasy asked a question here. This is a good one, too, coming up. Is yards per carry everything in the run game? Week to week, the Broncos are effective but inefficient running the ball with a low yards per carry average. What ways can they improve for more explosive runs, especially with Javante seemingly a shoestring away at times? This is a great question, and I, I also agree with you too, is, is yards per carry everything? Not always, right? But in instances, it can be, if, especially if you're losing games and if the run game is not producing. Now, I will say this. I, I, there were several instances in Sunday's game against the Chargers where the Broncos obviously weren't running the ball effectively, but they were getting good yards per carry in certain situations. I mean, Jaleel McLaughlin had a couple of runs where I didn't think he's going to get anything. He turns it into a seven or eight yard gain. You love to see that though. But when we talk about the lower output, teams are stacking the box. I mean, Javante Williams is facing a stacked box a lot of times when he's in the game. 
and he's still getting some good yardage. Now, if it's second and three, you get a three-yard rush, you pick up the first down. Okay, three yards per carry, not necessarily a bad thing. I think where Denver's been at, and I've seen their six or seven games winning, the run game hasn't had explosiveness in a sense of, oh, you know, Javante's going for 115 yards, Jaleel's going for 130 yards. It's just Denver is getting contributions from three guys in the running game. Also, they're getting contributions from Russell Wilson. So, so much of their yard per carry output is based on situation. Though I will say you need to see, I mean, we'd all love to see some big explosive runs. Javante had that 20-yard run where he hurtled over a guy. That was great to see. You want to maybe see a little bit more of that here in the downstretch, but I, I think that Denver is close there. And I think one issue where Denver has maybe struggled is that they're not very good at running the ball to the outside, getting outside there. Teams are doing a good job of hedging the edge and then sending, obviously, they have a play side linebacker that'll pursue. The nickel guy's going to attack vertically, and then the corner's always going to attack to keep to force everybody back inside. Defenses are doing a really good job on the perimeter in terms of shutting down Denver's run game, not allowing any big carries there. Denver's going to have to find a way to rectify that here going forward. But I think so much of that is predicated based off of their looks. They'll go a lot of 12 personnel, and that's kind of what you see. Teams expect that, and so they're kind of taking that option away for Denver, which you know Denver's going to have to, as I mentioned, they're going to have to improve in that department if they want to make a playoff run, or even if they get in the playoffs, if they want to make some noise inside the postseason. Brian, that's a great question that you sent in. I appreciate it. The next one comes in from Tim Wenz. He asked the question, is it time to put Vance Joseph in the conversation for assistant of the year? The difference since week three is astounding. 100%. I think that, and I don't know off the top of my head, I'm sure, I think there is an award out there. I'm not sure, not, not sure how big it is in the NFL, but if there is one, Vance Joseph certainly deserves to be in the conversation for assistant coach of the year with everything. And look, he, everyone was calling for his job. Even, you know, there were times where I, even here on this show, I had said, after that Miami game, like, I don't know if Vance Joseph is going to be the guy. I was wrong. Uh, Vance Joseph has done an incredible job with the turnaround and gaining the clarity that I did about the fact that, okay, he was asked to run Fangio's defense. When they've shifted now to call on his defense, showing Fangio looks, it's making a lot more sense. Players are having a lot more freedom. They're having success. We're seeing Vance Joseph be more comfortable with calling the game from his defense out of these looks than he was calling Fangio's defense, which he had never called before. So I think for Denver's defensive turnaround, I think they're second in the NFL in terms of points allowed in the course of their you know win streak or the last seven games, 17 points allowed in the course of the last seven games. That's pretty damn good. That's efficient. They're getting pressure. They're generating takeaways. Vance Joseph has done a tremendous turnaround job here. And if Denver's defense keeps on par, it'll be one of the greatest defensive turnarounds in NFL history, which is something I think that you should absolutely hang your hat on here if you are Vance Joseph, which could obviously lead to there could be some teams out there that make head coaching changes that inquire with Vance Joseph about becoming a head coach again. I'm not sure if that's on his right. I'm not sure if that's something that he wants to. He's having a lot of fun right now being the DC here for Denver, but once again, it is something that has put him in the conversation. His name will probably get called by a couple of teams for an interview this offseason for any vacant head coaching jobs that they may have here. Um, there's some other things obviously we'll dive deep into here on today's episode of the show as we continue our mailbag here real quick. Let me tell you about our friends over there, Superbook Sports, the sponsor of today's episode of GMB. Refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss the refer a friend bonus. On top of that, all you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile on the Superbook app. Share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
What's up guys, Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. As we continue our mailbag series here on Good Morning Broncos this morning, we're going to open things up. Jolene asked the question, is there any update or any word on Broncos tight end Greg Dulcich? There is. We don't know. I mean, Sean Payton said to us weeks ago, he expects that we'll see Greg Dulcich back this season. Now with Denver obviously in the hunt and making a potential playoff push here, I think Dulcich would be a great addition. But obviously this is taking a lot of time. Like Dulcich has seen some medical specialists. They're determined, trying to figure out what's going on. Is it something to do with his body? Is it, does it have something to do with his weight? Because he's a big guy. He's tall. He's muscular. I mean, his quads are ridiculous. And so for a guy that's got a lot of the muscle fiber, muscle tissue like that, and how he runs with how explosive he does, is that something that's maybe contributing to some of his struggles with staying healthy with the hamstring injury that has impacted him? I mean, we talk about the same hamstring, I think it's four times in the last two years. It's not ideal. So he's seeing specialists for that. The Broncos are being very smart with it. They're not going to rush him back, which is why I think that they're glad that they have Lucas Kroll right now. Adam Troutman's obviously been reliable. Chris Manhurts, not really much of an option for the Broncos inside the receiving game. And Dulcich's presence, I think, has been missing here for Denver this year. We haven't really been able to see it. That, I think, is a little concerning. But um, I, will we see him back this year? Like, if I had to guess... Maybe, maybe in the the final week. I don't know. It just depends. What's at stake? Like if Denver's somehow eliminated from the playoffs in these last four weeks, we won't see him. I don't think. If Denver has a chance and is in the playoffs, I think we could see him return for a playoff game. Will we see him in the regular season? My personal speculation would be no. He has been working on the side field. He's been ramping things up over the course of the last couple of weeks. But as we know, it's a process that takes time. You can recover for months. You can recover for weeks and have one minor setback. And I think that's something that the Broncos are trying to figure out. When is the right time to bring him along? When is the right time to introduce him back onto team stretch? Individual period. They haven't done that yet. I don't think they have any plans to do so in the in the near future. They're just going to continue to monitor and see where he's at. But if we do see him, I imagine if Denver's in the playoffs, it will be in a playoff game more than likely when we will see Greg Dulcich versus, I think, it being any time this regular season. That certainly could change, but we'll keep an eye on that. I think that's a great question. Ryan Slavic in the in the chat sends in one, says, in your opinion, what is the biggest hole or the holes on the roster the Broncos need to fill via the draft and free agency? To be honest with you, you know, Ryan, right now, I don't have much of an answer on that. I'm not sure. Denver's going to have to take care of some in-house free agents, some key guys that will be set to test free agency that will more than likely get some contract offers from some other teams. PJ Locke's one of those guys. Denver's going to have to make some decisions there. Obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry. I think Denver's biggest priority needs to be focusing on the in-house guys that they want to bring back. Don't have a much on, on that right now. That is something that is coming up as the offseason comes a little bit closer here. I mean, if we can take a look at positions, I think cornerback depth is probably one that they'll probably have to take a look at. I think safety depth is one they're going to have to take a look at. Defensive line, potentially there. Josie Jewell is going to be an, an unrestricted free agent. Do they bring him back alongside Alex Singleton? I think that they personally should. Uh, if you lose anybody on the offensive line, you're hoping you don't lose Lloyd Cushingberry. I think Cush has turned things around in a big way. Wide receiver depth, maybe running back at 
not as high of a priority tight end. I think probably if we're looking at offense, I think is a big priority for them. Those are the those are the positions I can pinpoint right now. I think this is probably a question we should revisit here in about a month or so, uh, to be honest with you. But I think it's a great question, Ryan. So think about this. Let's send it in here a month from now when we do another mailbag. Uh, Russell Wilson's Pizza Parlor says the asked the question: How would you feel about a Dolphins Broncos Wild Card Weekend matchup? I mean, if that happened, it'd certainly be interesting, right? To say the least. It's not in September where it's super, super hot. You know, the weather's decent, but it's not scorching in the way that it has been overall. Uh, for Denver, obviously, after giving up 50, you know, losing by 50 points, giving up 70 to them, it'd be a nice little chance at redemption, right? And obviously, for the Dolphins coming off of a loss to the Tennessee Titans in Miami is a little weird. I mean, I, this has been a weird season. Uh, I just don't know if Denver matches up, even right now, I don't know if Denver matches up well with the Dolphins regardless. So I don't know. Um, certainly the storyline, if Denver could match up with them and somehow compete and somehow beat them, wow, what a story that would be. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know about that one. I think Denver maybe, I think matching up against Kansas City would be a very interesting matchup for Denver, to be honest with you, in the postseason. Uh, Kit Kat says, how do we keep this offensive line together next year? Do we have enough cap space to keep Lloyd Cushenberry? Do they keep Bowles? What about Quinn Miners? There's going to be some decisions. Going to have to re-sign, in my opinion, Lloyd Cushenberry. We don't know what the NFL salary cap is going to be for next year yet. There was a report this week that it could be $240 million. According to the NFL, business has been booming for them. We'll see where things are at. Uh, but for Denver, they're going to have to, I, I think, if they're going to keep guys like Quinn Myers, if they're going to extend him, which they can, Lloyd Cushenberry, which they can, it's gonna. They're gonna have to ask some guys to restructure their contracts, or even extend some other guys. I think that's gonna be something we see. Denver's gonna have to make some decisions on who they're gonna cut. Um, but ultimately, I think it. I have to see how things kind of progress from a restructuring standpoint first. I think the Broncos will more than likely ask Russ to restructure his contract. I think they'll ask other guys to restructure the contract. Patrick Sertan's due for an extension at some point. Justin Simmons, in my opinion, is due for a contract extension. Josie Jewell's due for a contract extension. I don't know how Denver's going to manage this offseason. It's a lot to process right now. This is another question I think we'll revisit down the road here when we can kind of put some more time and resources into seeing, okay, where is Denver's cap space at? What are some expiring deals? Who can restructure? Who are restructured candidates? Who are cut candidates? We'll look at all those things here once the offseason approaches for the Denver Broncos. But with that said, Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Once again, subscribe or follow so you never miss out on what's going on. And be sure to check out milehighsports.com every single day for all the action on your favorite Colorado sports teams.